welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Bella. I am your host, Vanessa Coppas, and I'm joined by Bella's publisher, Jennifer DeSillis. And we have a really special guest uh, joining us today for this conversation, Margot Greenbaum. I hope I said that correctly. Yep. Right? Uh, Margot is, <laughs> is a former student in the Marlboro, New Jersey community, uh, is a Monmouth Heights, Monmouth County uh, resident. And I learned about Margot and her efforts because she helped organize the first ever Black Lives Matter um, or more, and, and, and I wanna make the corrections and I'm gonna allow you to do that because that's where I know the conversation is gonna lead us to, uh, but it was basically the first anti-racism protest that has ever happened in our township. I, I've been personally living here for almost nine years and had never seen anything like this. So when I learned about it on social media, I was actually very proud. Um, I reached out to you and offered, uh, you know, any help and support that I could give you, not just as a community member, but also as a media company, however we could support your efforts. Um, and um, you shared some private messages with me about uh, a little bit of the pushback that you had received, not just from community members, but from officials. And um, that's what we're here to talk about today, because if we want to normalize this conversation, uh, it starts with normalizing actions that we're taking yeah. uh, against racism and taking steps in the right direction. But before we get to all of that, introduce yourself, tell us um, uh, you know, how this all even got started. Uh, so I'm a, going to be a junior at Stockton University. Um, I'm studying history. My major is history. I have a concentration in secondary education and then two minors in political science and Spanish. Uh, my goals are to become a history high school teacher and then go into administration, possibly as times are changing, maybe go as high as superintendent. Um, my dream job would be head of the Department of Education in DC, but we'll Amazing. see. Where life There's, takes no me. There's no but. There's no but. You could make that happen. <laughs> I could. Um, and then uh, in my own life, yeah, I've also lived here since. 2003. So as you said, I went through the Marlboro district and then FRHSD. Um, personally, I had good experiences in both, but then after George Floyd uh, was murdered, the uh, response that this town had was shocking to me. They were, of course, some were upset about it, but many of them were making jokes with the looting and rioting, or they were just silent. They, as you know, we live in a bubble, which is good. I like that I live in a bubble it means I'm safe. And most of the time it's a good time, but we ignore that the issues that are happening outside of this town also happen in this town. They might not be as severe, but when it comes to racism and those types of issues, any form of it is not okay. So when I saw the silence um, and just the lack of support, that's when I reached out to a few other of the organizers and said, would you be interested in it? And they all were so eager to do it. And then I personally have done an event like this after the MSD shooting in 2018. I did it at my school, which was a lot different because I had the support of the high school and I had all the resources I needed. So it was very different 
doing it alone, but it was the same exact um, theme. It was a protest and then the educational rally. So um, my thing is always getting education involved and teaching because history and facts are facts. You can't, you can argue them, but they're not going to change even if you want them to. So there's several things here that you've said that I am excited about. Number one, you mentioned education. I used to be a former teacher and um, did that for almost, I actually did the math and I've been saying 13, it was actually almost 15 years. So, uh, and I've been, so I've been teaching um, in one form or the other since the age of 12. And I stopped when I moved to the United States um, from the Dominican Republic. However, um, you mentioned something else, which is the joke of the town, which is, you know, the Marlboro bubble. And one of the things that I think, I mean, the premise of your protest was let's pop the bubble and, um, which I thought was ingenious, but at the same time, so such a representation of the town that we live in. And it's really, um, I mean, what, I mean, I had one interpretation of what the protest was. However, after the fact, you shared with me um, just the realities. And of course, I'm, I'm standing here, you know, there as a spectator, as someone who wants to be involved, just because uh, not just, not only is it the right thing to do, I also live here. I am raising bi biracial, biracial children. I'm married to a white man and I am a person of color myself. So obviously these issues hit home. I'm not going to say that you know, I haven't had anything directly happen in the school system uh, with my kids or myself, but I have had things, situations happen in the town with me. And, um, you know, sometimes even when you shared uh, the, the, the protest flyer and I commented on the fact that I was here to support you, I got questions from community members. And sometimes I wonder if those people in that group actually live in this town, because when you walk the streets, you don't encounter that. But then at the same time, it makes you wonder if this kind of like closet racism does live here, which clearly it does. Um, and that's what I think is the most disheartening part of it is because they're so vocal on social media, but they're not in your face. Because in Jen, you and I have spoken about this with other experts in the past that what's happening on social media it, I, I, I beg to like, um, you know, place a bet on the fact if people would actually confront each other in that same way in person, because you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't, nobody would like literally come up to my face. Well, I mean, I have had situations happen to my face in the past, but like that, the guy who asked me, you know, like if I was a U.S. citizen, um, what does that have anything to do with the fact that I own multiple businesses in the township? So it was really, and my husband was, when I shared the comment with him, he was, appalled he was like who is this guy <laughs> where do we need to like <laughs> tell him to meet me outside you know in that regard just because he obviously got defensive but the but it it struck it brought up the conversation of how like he would not my husband being a white man from iowa he's like i would never even ask that question like who asks these questions so um i want you to share as much as you possibly can just because um, you mentioned it lightly, but I really want people when they listen to this to understand like the two sides of the coin. I was very emotional when I walked um, in the protest. I couldn't keep it together for many reasons. Um, obviously, the stories were very heartfelt. Uh, and 
having experienced racism, when you are surrounded by other people who have done the same and you hear their stories and you, sh you hear their voices shaking, you can't help but place yourself in those moments and remember um, you know, the things that happened to you. And what you're trying to really do is, you know, in a, in, to a certain extent is like show other people um, because I don't, I'm sure you heard the woman who stood at the bridge who was just saying, we are just people like you. We are just people like you. And it really broke me. And I could actually start crying right now when what you're literally hearing people demand is just to treat them as human beings because that's what they are, regardless yeah. of race, color, creed. Like it just, um, it's really mind boggling that you have to like break down these conversations and even have these <laughs> Yeah. really uncomfortable about the fact that I'm a person just like you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The, the Facebook pages um, blow my mind to say <laughs> it's like something I shouldn't look at, but it's so horrible that I continue to look at it. Um, and they, I've gotten the same questions about being a U.S. citizen. I've faced racism in different forms. Again, nothing close to what the other speakers have uh, talked about. Um, but again, as I said, it, it doesn't matter how bad it is, it shouldn't be happening at all. Um, I personally actually didn't march because I had to handle the background scenes and I was planning the, we were setting up for the educational rally part. So I've seen the videos of what you're talking about. It was very powerful, I agree. Um, but you're right, it's always, like the amount of comments that we would have gotten on a post there were over 200 comments on some of them. That's more than how many people even showed up. And that's just says a lot. Um, there was one man who commented on my original post and then apologized. He messaged me apologizing, saying he'd most likely come. He wants to get educated. And then on after the event, Oh, there we go. We, yeah. we lost you for a sec. <laughs> oh, <God>. Sorry. <laughs> uh, as I was saying, like, like what you said, they no one would ever say that to your face. And I was so happy with the crowd that we had. But a lot of the stuff that was said at this event, those people knew. And of course, with the educational rally part, everyone could get more educated, be better, no more. Uh, but I definitely wish those people who questioned it so much more of them came, uh, but calmly to learn because that's really the goal of this is we already have a set group. If you're going, most likely you are already on the same page. The goal is to then branch that out. And we got a few people, but the negative responses we got um, back from it were so harsh and so well, false. And, and, and that's the thing, um, if you really, sat there and I know you're saying you know you're reading them and you don't know why you're reading them um but you kind of have to because it set it set it sets the environment like it sets you up for understanding where you need to um lead the or how you need to lead the conversation what's unfortunate is that that page specifically and I don't want to mention specific names because I don't want to get into the name, you know, pointing specifically to, you know, the culprits of who, what, and it's a private yeah. group, they could do whatever they want in there. However, it, 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 it poses the question of, again, are these the people that actually live in my community? And that's what is 
really disheartening because when you hear, when you read the comments, they are be, not just harsh. The, the word isn't harsh. It is, they're cruel. They are, um, they are to the, they're offensive. And, you know, somebody called me up because I shared the comment on my personal page because I wanted there to be, um, I'm all about leaving trails and receipts. Like there, no one can say that this doesn't, that didn't exist. And the minute I remember when you posted about the protest, I took a screenshot and I said, because first of all, I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, this is happening in Marlboro, New Jersey. Oh my God, I cannot believe it. And I shared it with um, another community group that I have. I am the co-founder of, of an organization called Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women. And we do a lot of community-based events. And we, um, for the most part, the members, the membership is based out of Marlboro, New Jersey. So, um, but again, I was, I was shocked that it was happening, proud of the fact that it was students who were organizing this because it just, again, shows where your heads are at um, in this entire issue. But then I would sit and, I, and then I'm sitting there as the adult questioning the attitude of the other adult. And I'm like, and, and because I, I guess that's the teacher in me that um, understands that we are here, we're setting examples every way, each and with everything that you post, that you share, how you show up, how you, how you don't show up, you're always setting an example, whether you want to or not, that just comes by default. And mm -hmm. you never know who you are impacting. And you know, we, we have, I feel like we've gotten to this point and I think that's, you know, the, this monster with social media has created, you know, and people that they want to be, the term is, you know, keyboard, keyboard warriors, right? Where you can go and trash and do whatever you want, but then feel like you can't be held accountable for that. And yeah. at, you know, to the point of the conversation, I was just floored and shocked at the cruelty of the comments. Um, that it just, because, because again, I would. I just looked at my husband. I'm like, I, th there's no way these people live here. There's just no way. They have to be coming from another town to troll this page because it cannot be that they live in this community. It can't. I think. I think too. Like obviously, I live in New York City now. So I mean, you know, you see peaceful protests and things all the time, and you're almost like one big collective voice. So it's much easier, you know, to speak out and take a stand. I grew up in a very small town that it's not as easy necessarily to take that leap and speak up and speak out because you will be pointed out and people will be looking and everyone knows each other, right? So it's a close, like tight knit, like you can't necessarily go against the grain and disagree because there will be repercussions for it. I mean, essentially. So it's a lot harder when you see like a smaller town for people to speak up. So the fact that you even did this and had this and I saw Vanessa's photos, I was like, oh my God, I really hope that like I start seeing these in smaller towns pop up and communities come together like this. Yeah, that's what, uh, we got criticism from all different people, but some I was surprised by and a lot of it was that we worked with the police, which is, I wouldn't even say worked with the police, but people don't realize or don't want to accept like what works in New York City does not work in Marlboro. In New York City, there's literally thousands, probably millions, who think the way that my organizers did and are all on the same page and will are still marching every day since it happened. In Marlboro, that's not the case. It's the minority is thinking like that. And uh, they were like, well, you shouldn't even have asked them to close down the streets. You should have just marched. 
I said we only had maybe 200 people there. This is a town where we would have been run over if we did that. And why it's my thing is always safety first. It's on so the criticism we got is very interesting to see the different types of criticism. As you said, like what people say behind a keyboard, they would never say to our faces. And if anything, when they try, when they come and message me, we usually are able to get on the same page because a lot of people are using emotions to argue and personal stories, which of course help. But if you're using education and just facts, you can't really argue it. And as I said, my speech is all sharing stories. Like our stories should bring us together. They should not divide us so much. Like we are one human race. Yes, there's, we're all different in one way, but in the end, we are, we all have the same desires, needs, and wants. So it's that we need to share these stories and come together to fight for one another because when then it's someone else who is in need of help, if why would we, what the th thought is, why would we help them if they haven't helped us? So it's why are we not helping all of each other to grow? And my issue in this town specifically is it's very individualist instead of collectivism. So they're all about themselves and only how they can grow. They would rather be able, they don't understand that what they do does affect people and what the person next to them does affect themselves too. So it's this thought that it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, it only matters what I'm doing. And that's in a lot of scenarios that we see that in this town. But overall, the protest was eye awakening in so many ways because it showed where most people land, even our officials are, where they align, what they're, what they're saying or what they didn't say. Um, so it, it definitely was heartbreaking in some ways to see this town, but it was a reality check. I only used to have good comments on Marlboro, but now I've seen so much more. Uh, but I hope that my, my goal is really to reach younger kids now. What you can't really, even for like I'm 21, like kids my age, if they're already thinking radical or liberal, that's like, it's very hard to already change their minds. And then 40 year olds and the people on the community page, it's so unlikely that they're going to change their mind. And it's the issue that they can't accept that. They think it's all personal and it's, it's not, it's again, like, it's not accept it and then be part of the change and the difference or you're going to be part of the issue. So with the kids, it's more like, it's not that you're trying to brainwash them or anything. It's just that if you teach them at a young age, they, they can make these uh, decisions and learn on their own. And it's more, uh, kids already, they're the least judgmental if you allow them to be. But once you start teaching them how to have these judgments and how, what's, pointing out things, differences instead of similarities is where the issue is. So I'd rather now take it to the kids because as I said, like they're the ones we can shape for the best. So that's the goal. Yeah, and I mean, I am of course super hopeful because of the fact, and, and, and it's just, again, there's so many um, just different aspects of what you just said to kind of like unpack and all on its own, because number one, you have the, um, the effects of, you know, the young people. I know that I read many comments where they said that, you know, these young people have been brainwashed to, um, at, react and act in this way. Um, and which I was just like, oh my God, 
<laughs> oh my god oh my god oh my god like what is happening right now um on the other hand i have like i look at my 11 and 8 year old because those are the ages of my children and my um and and this is the beauty because it I guess you you don't really real understand it until you have children of your own because you and I can tell you this because I've been teaching I was teaching you know uh, children from the um, from third graders all the way up to high school and it isn't until you're like responsible of messing up or not <laughs> some some young person's life like it's yours because that's really what having children is you know um, I have a I have a niece to my point I have a niece with Down syndrome. And I remember it, this was about maybe two, three years ago where, um, my, and my boys are boys. They're just, they're, they like to rough house. They like to play. That's, that's what they do. And I remember on one occasion, me, um, just pointing out to my children, the fact that physically my niece is a little bit more, um, fragile than they are. Um, and I don't want to say because she's a girl, because it's just because physically her, um, her body hasn't developed the same way that's, that there has. So they need to be gentler. She likes to roughhouse just like the next child. However, you need to be kind, yeah. you know, gentler with her specifically. And as I'm telling my kids, um, I'm trying not to say, you know, she has Down syndrome or this and that as I'm, I, my, my brother's, my, my, my uh, son is looking at me like, well, what do you mean she's different? I don't. I don't understand what you're saying that she, uh, and what I was trying to, I was trying not to say she's different, but I was trying to say, well, you know, she's a little more fragile. And he was like, I don't see, I don't see anything of what you're saying. If she wants to play, she can play just like the rest of us. And you know, that's a fair game. Don't tell me that there's a difference. And that was like my aha, where I understood that that's, that literally is the moment where your child can go one way or the other. And it's because of you. It's because of what I was choosing to say to him in that moment. I was like, you know what? You're exactly right. If she roughhouses, roughhouse, just like do that. Just be careful. Don't hurt each other, you know? And I, and I had to end the conversation in that way just because, again, realizing that I could have completely shifted his perception about her, her condition, and it goes all the same with anything else. It goes with yeah. religion. It goes with races. It goes with, um, because we are, hate is learned behavior. This, this right, you're you not know, born hating other people. You, 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 aren't born born hating, you, you aren't born thinking that you're better than other people. You learn right. that. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, what, what I think can round up, you know, a lot of what you said, especially in this township is the sense of entitlement. And that comes with, um, and you know, and I'm, I'm not going to get into the white privilege aspect of it because I don't think it has, it's, I don't think it has to do with just that. I think it's number one, entitlement in a sense that you live in a community that um, is uh, privileged without taking the race, you know, taking the race completely out of it is, is privilege. Obviously you have to have a, a certain amount of income coming into um, the, your household to be able to afford to live here. That's just a reality, which is why we're pointing out the bubble that many, you know, people in this community live in, because that's just, that's just what it is. However, um, and it goes to the conversation that I had with many family members who live, you know, in Iowa and in another, in another state who haven't experienced the world like you, Jennifer, or I have, because not just do I have the experience from living in Ohio for five years as a child, I have the experience of growing up 
in the Dominican Republic for you know a better part of my life and then I have the other experience of when I moved back to my husband and also the experience after having children what that looked like you know having to care I always mention this because it was like the most heartbreaking thing having to carry around my children's birth certificate to prove that they were mine because they didn't look like me and that's a reality that you know I had to confront for at least the first three to four years of their lives because my oldest was blonde blue-eyed and super white and I'm walking around with this kid and I had to prove that he was mine uh, for, for his safety, right? Um, yeah. And nobody had any regard with, you know, how I felt about that. It was just a matter of like, you know, is this little white blonde kid safe? Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you say to, um, you know, all of this backlash? Because you you guys have still, you know, whenever, for the, at least for five or six days after the march, it, there was like, pure blown full heat of the disrespect to the police the disrespect to the officials um like what do you say to that (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna make two uh i will answer that but yeah i think the big issue in this town is that with everything going on i think people are assuming that people who are financially stable or wealthy should be sorry for that I think that's how they are feeling more than anything else. I personally don't think anyone should be sorry for being wealthy. If you've worked hard for it, you deserve it. I think that's where a lot of their issues are coming with because I've had conversations with it. So they think that we like they should be sorry that they live in Marlborough and some people don't. I don't think that's the case. I think that they need to realize, we all need to realize that if we have the the finances and the power and the ability to make this town and then other towns will lead in a by example by doing what's right then that's what we're expecting from people who have money it's like i think people also forget that it's like with celebrities they don't think that celebrities like deal with any issues like their lives are perfect when they're not and i think that's what is happening here they think now that because you live in marlboro those issues of racism don't happen and they think they're attacking the fact that we have this town is financially wealthy and that's not the case like if anything if you have the money and the resources and the popularity and connections then you should be using them for the right reasons especially during this time and it's they just take it so personally uh but to answer your question um the uh to be honest I read them, I get annoyed by many of them, but at the same time, it's good to see where people stand. Um, some of them are like just insane and just false, but I like to see what they have to say. Um, I personally like, in the moment, I'll get very angry and say like, I'm over it, I'm done, but like, I don't ever do that. Uh, like we already have plans in the making. Um, but again, unfortunately, it's not that we're quitting, but it's unfortunately that it's these so many of these people think the way that they do, and it's not until uh, a fit, new officials come in, people with much bigger power than a 21-year-old has, that real change will happen overall. But as I said, like the changes that are happening are small, but they are happening, so that's what counts. Um, so it's, and my thing is, again, it's like, I'm not anti-cop. I said that in every single post. I will continue to say that personally, in my personal opinion. It's like, if those that we love the most and 
want the best for the ones that we have the highest expectations from so why that's why I don't say I'm anti-cop because like with friends teachers whoever it is like we expect the most from them because either we respect them or we like them so it, I think that the this whole that's where issues also come in because we're using such negative words like anti is negative like mm-hmm. instead of using negative connotations we should be trying to say it in positive ways because I'm not going to say that I don't support the cops because then why are they going to listen to me or want anything to do with me but when I I'm able to say, like, I understand how hard your job is, and it's not, like, the chief personally who I have an issue with, it's the system, and how, why wouldn't we want expectations for them, and to get better, and to grow, because if we can ask for that from schools, camps, whatever it is, why can't we ask for that for the police? It's not to degrade them or anything, it's, if anything, to make them better, and that's another goal, is we're just going to keep them we're having meetings with them. We're going to keep them on, um, just make sure that they're doing what they're saying. Cause just cause you say it doesn't, your actions speak louder than words. Yeah. So that's what we're hoping for. Uh, but yeah, the, their, their comments are frustrating, but those who end up coming and messaging me are the ones who end up realizing like, I'm not insane. And like, they actually agree with what I'm asking for. <laughs> um, and I would just wish that they came to the event to see that, but it's okay. It's, I will count well, everyone. Part of, it's part of the process. And, you know, you keep, um, to a certain extent, downplaying what you've done. And you shouldn't because it's actually massive and huge. And I remember that probably the day after just having a conversation with um, Lauren, our makeup artist, who also lives here in the in the county. And it was her day's, her son's birthday that day. So she was running around. She was like, oh my God, if I could have gone, I would have gone with you. Um, but the conversation was like, I never felt prouder to live here because it felt, um, again, and, and I think this is the issue that whoever hasn't experienced racism honestly can't relate to because for me it was i didn't realize there were more pe- more black people and people of color in my town i honestly didn't um i could count i always and it's really and i know this this could sound um i don't want to be misunderstood or miss or i don't want to miscommunicate what i'm trying to say but because you've experienced it for so long you're already with guards up, you're already, you've already like conditioned to um, being reactive to be defensive because that's how we've had to live our entire lives is to be on the defense, right? About Because obviously something is going to come up uh, that has to do with my race or my skin color or where I'm from, like something will come up. I know that every time that I start a new school year and there's an there's a uh, an activity where all the I look around the room and I say okay where are because what I try to actively do is engage and and you know my children to towards those kids and become friendly with those other parents that actually look like me because I want my children to be around different types of people because that is the reality of the world and I don't know that everybody consciously does that, um, but it's something mm-hmm. that I do. It's something that I do just because yeah. I've learned to live in that way, you know, to like be on the, and when we're at like kids' birthdays, I'm looking at the other moms and I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> you know, and I can always count with one thing, you know, with one hand, like how many diverse couples or how many diverse children really are in my community. They're not that many. So when I attended the protests, I was shocked. I was like, wow. Um, and then what was also very um, just heartfelt and, and warming was that private messages of people that I know you know, kids that are with my kids in school, my parents of kids that are with my school that said, I saw you, I was there. Um, and it honestly brought me to tears because I was like, oh my God, okay, so we're definitely not alone. I could point out, I mean, again, it weren't, there, there weren't that many, but it was enough to at least, you know, shift my perception. Okay, we're not in this <laughs> all by ourselves, right? Yeah. So to your point, as frustrating as it may have been to get to this one, you did it. You have one under your belt. And, yeah. you know, what do you need now, you know, moving forward? What are the goals of your movement? What um, you said you're already planning and, and you're, yeah. you know, you're preparing for something else. What does that look like? And how can we, you know, continue to be of support? Um, so I have that website um, that's up. The goal is to definitely get it uh, to people's eyes more so they're looking at it. It's educational, but at the same time, we have you're allowed to give um, feedback to the police department and both school districts, which uh, we look through first, but we also clearly give it to all of the departments as needed. Um, but the next steps are really, right now, we're just trying to figure it out. Um, where it's going to be more like forums it's not it's not likely it'd be another protest per se but forums that are more educational um we're thinking of like a book club that the books are um written by black authors or have to do with black history um it's it's all more educational and um not much has been done because it was a very long three weeks of planning so right now we, we are on a little uh, intermission, but slowly we're working on things. But again, it's going to be mostly educational forums, reading, um, just keeping the police department and both schools on task. And uh, I will commend FRHSD superintendent. We had a Zoom call with him and he said we could have it monthly. So we he knows that he has to keep his job up and continue. Um, what we're doing, what we're asking and what he says, says he's going to do, which I thought was very good of him. Um, but it's also to real, we're realizing that this isn't like a, a switch. It's, it's a progress. Um, change doesn't happen overnight. And yeah. uh, personally, I'm not going to go blame any department right away if there, it takes time. So that's okay. Um, so that's really it, but it's, it's slow. And then it, for, personally for me, for my sorority, at Stockton, I'm now part of the diversity and inc inclusiveness um, uh, committee. So now that's what I'm also working on is figuring out because like my I'm in Sigma Delta Tau, which was um, founded by Jewish people. So in many colleges, um, the majority of the sisters are Jewish, but in mine, there's only I'm one of two Jewish people. So like seeing like looking as you said like looking around seeing if anyone's um, the same it's very much not the same and it's interesting to see how that is coming from Marlboro which is I 
everyone is Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. To Jewish sorority that's it's not funny because my, my kids ask me all the time if they're if they're still if they're Jewish. And I'm like, have I not done a good job at <laughs> making making the difference? But again, it's like I, you know, we believe in God and that's what whatever. Uh but it, it and it, and you know, just again to reiterate the point, which is what I think um is really important to highlight is when you're asking people to have compassion and to be empathetic and um, obviously you're asking of people who have never experienced something like this um, you know and it's a lot to ask of a person who's never experienced it to place themselves in that pla in, the, in those shoes however in order for any of this to change um, it really takes that humility to say okay let me listen with you know open ears let me shut my mouth and let me just listen and um because nine times out of ten you will find that you know one per you at least have one person in your realm that has experienced um you know injustices and i don't mean just racial injustices but i think inju injustices in general has experienced some some way somehow um and that's a i feel like a starting place right if you can just say oh my god you know yeah i remember when my cousin you know yeah. wasn't allowed into school because xyz or wasn't given the job because whatever whatever um you know it's it's really um again it's just the humane kind yeah passionate empathetic thing to do is just to listen and place yourself in that and i think we would realize if we actually just took a moment to listen how much more alike we are than yeah. than different and stop focusing on the differences and on the antis like on the negative like you said and focus on yeah. you know um moving forward because i think we all want to do that uh but there well, has to that, be yeah yeah I, I was gonna say on that note i'm curious just um you know like i said I'm, I'm originally from new york i'm staying you know at home with family right now um and like Vanessa said, the work that you're doing is so great and commendable. And you said, obviously, it's a very long process. It took a while to get you there. But, you know, for people that might be listening and think, okay, well, I live in a town that's similar to Marlboro. Like, what can I do right now to get started and put something in place and get the wheels turning? Like, what's your advice to, you know, kind of initiate the same thing somewhere else? Well, personally, for me, like, I have a lot of confidence. Like, I don't care like I care what people think but if you're got I can take it uh, and I also like have the I've played roles where you have to be able to plan and do things on such a big scale um, but just for a start it's really figuring out exactly what you want from your first of all you have to see what your town is how your town is reacting um, how your friends are reacting have those conversations like to be honest I've lost friends since this all started and to be honest, my life is no better, no worse without them. So I don't really care, like, oh well. Um, but um, they, my best, it's to find a group of people who are thinking the same way as you and figuring out on what scale do you want to do something like a website. It, it doesn't, a pro, my personal opinion, a protest says something, it tells you what you're fighting for, but then it's after the protest what makes that change. Because the people protesting are all on the same page, but yes. the change is the education, forums, actual things happening. So it's like, what do you, what does your town really need? Um, so 
I would definitely suggest just realizing what you want from whatever you're about to do and um, realizing that it's bigger than yourself and getting with a group of people around the same page and just figuring out a plan that you want. It could be as small as like the website or you could start off with a book club, something, but any step is a good step. So any, you'll grow the confidence and um, along the way you'll get new resources and learn and uh, how to, to grow as a uh, leader and how to grow the message that you're trying to give. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> I know. So, no, I just, I am always um, encouraged and, and just hopeful when I see young people speaking truth to power and um, just mm. kind of saying like, hey, you know, we're not as millennial as you thought I was. So whatever <laughs> that definition is, um, I, I, say, I say to my husband, I'm like, the Zoomers are, are, are the shiznit. Like, those are the kids that are going to make... <laughs> a difference for sure um the website how can people uh where can people find it what is you know can you just tell us the complete url so for those of everybody oh, listening uh, what it is um <laughs> uh, i will tell you right now what it is um i would is sorry this is something okay it's marlboro peaceful blw wixsite.com slash my site. It's a Wix site. Okay. Marlboro Peaceful I, Yep. We'll put it up on yeah. the, on the, we'll put, we'll include it underneath. We'll put, put and yeah, and we'll, and we'll add the link yeah. to the post so um, everyone can find it. Uh, so yeah, the website's a great start. Uh, but to one last thing that I would say is that we sharing stories is most definitely what we need to start doing but to realize like we all have faced criticism bullying in some sense and it's in a way that is a form as a you can um connect in so many ways with that but then it's like asking them now think about if this was if you were in their footsteps in their shoes and how much worse it is and it's not something that ends once you like leave middle school it's something that continues with you and then the thought that a lot of us a lot of people in this town might not face racism but if you ask their grandparents their parents like italian irish russian like i don't know culture religion ethnicity that hasn't been um, judged or oppressed in america or in the country or in the world at one point or to an extent so it's like we all have in one way faced it it might not be right now but it's very likely if you look into your own history and again just share stories that you will find out that wow like i actually was my ancestors were once in those footsteps again not likely as severe but they were oppressed belittled um not allowed to have jobs whatever it was like most as i said most have faced that it's just not it's not in 2020 and it's just not as bad so it's just sharing stories and as you said, stop being so defensive and uh, allow yourself to grow with people instead of the individualist thought. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Margo. This was really great. It's always 
It's always good to talk to the young ones because then I don't feel so old. And... They're changing the world. <laughs> and yes, they are. I, I really appreciate your time. And um, we look forward to everything that you have going on because it seems and it's going, it seems, no, it, I know it's a bright future ahead for you. So you. keep fighting the good fight and keep chugging along because you're, you're making great, great strides one step at a time. Thank you.